0: Hello and welcome to the Attribution Marketing Podcast, where we help businesses, brands and entrepreneurs get more out of their advertising spend. On today's episode, we have Brian Lozano from LeadsRx, who's going to break down for us how to transition into a first party universe for your data so you can get more out of your marketing and advertising efforts. So Brian, I know we're here today to talk about essentially How to help people transition into a first-party environment a lot of folks have relied on third party data and third-party cookies so walk us through what the differences are and why it's important so for a long time cookies are essentially the way that the browser
1: knows how to serve up the unique experience to the user so first-party cookies if you think about a site like amazon amazon leverages first-party cookies to provide a unique experience to you when you log back in. So it stores information like your email address, your password, to serve up your order history, your returns, uh, your preferences for shopping behavior, things of that nature. When we talk about third-party cookies, that would be if you were running advertisements on other sites. Uh, A great example of this is running display ads or programmatic ads where you're following the user between other sites. This is not sites that you own, this would be third-party sites, so therefore you're depositing a third-party cookie. So what's going away is these third-party cookies because for privacy concerns, we don't wanna follow uh, a user and start building a profile off of that user's browsing history. That's what's being changed as far as privacy and what browsers are starting to switch out
0: maybe a couple visuals here. I think the important thing to realize is first party cookies are helpful. If you go to amazon.com and log in, or even if you're not logged in, you want Amazon to remember who you are and what your preferences are. This benefits the consumer. And when you go register on Amazon, you are creating your account with them. You are volunteering your first party data to Amazon so that they can make your experience. Why don't we try to just break down who these players are? You have Google, you got Facebook, you got Amazon, you have the Chrome browser, you have Firefox and Safari, but walk us through how that ecosystem maybe has worked in the past, but will work now in the future after this change happens.
1: Go. Yeah, I think a couple things that you and I both have experienced running ads on Facebook and Google. And for a long time, what you were able to do was you can retarget uh, people that may have browse your site, you pixel that user, and then running a retargeting campaign, you can show them a unique message, regardless of which site they went on to afterwards. If Google owns uh, a space on that site through AdSense and through their display network, you can showcase them that site. So the moment this change happens with third party cookies going away from the browser, you won't have that kind of ability to run those types of ads. Now, when we talk about cross device, and kind of the connection there that's also something that's going to be affected and the same goes for facebook same goes for all these other ad networks that relied on third-party cookies to follow the user around and set and show them the messaging that you
0: wanted to display through a banner ad for example or a video ad an app like the weather app or twitter or facebook or whatsapp As part of the permissions, when you install the app, it'll say you're sharing your profile data, your contact information, these certain rights that comes in this list. And to get WhatsApp or to get Facebook Messenger, to get this, you just push the accept button and you're granting all these permissions. The change that Apple is doing is calling out a specific permission, which is essentially sharing your data with advertisers. So you could allow it to use your camera and your microphone and your this in one shot and have a fully functional app But deny that app's ability to share your information with advertisers. App developers and app companies, and Facebook in particular, has been relying on the fact that users are basically volunteering this information without really realizing it. Mm -hmm. And Apple shut that down. Or, said in another way, if you truly enjoy the experience, you can feel free to share it with the app. My bet is that uh, the vast majority of people are not going to take that step. And so, what's coming is from the browser. And from iPhone, which has the world's best customers, so to speak, you're going to lose your ability from Facebook's perspective to, to run an ad on Facebook saying, I want to reach people in Cleveland who like these things. When Apple turns that off, the effectiveness, the accuracy, the targeting of a mobile-based campaign is going to be impacted for everyone who cares about that landscape, the iPhone user base. So. I think that's an important piece it's not just web traffic so hopefully that gives you guys a landscape of what is changing and why it matters and it matters because if you're in a position of spending a dollar on advertising you're probably doing it in either the google universe or the facebook universe and you're able to pick who you serve those ads to based on this sea of data that everybody's been involved in and and the rules and regulations of that are changing Uh, the accuracy that data is going to uh, be changing. Why don't you explain why maybe this is a good thing for the ad networks, Google and Facebook, versus it might be a bad thing for a smaller company or smaller advertisers?
1: Yeah, I think Google, Facebook are at a great advantage by making this change or by navigating this, this space is, if you think about Google, Google has access to thousands and hundreds of thousands of sites in their data. They already have collected a lot of user data historically. So their ability to give you interest-based targeting ads or behavioral targeting ads is still there. And something that they're doing, uh, a couple things that they're doing now, Google analytics and Google tag manager automatically switch to first party cookie tracking. So if you think about that, they're basically opting in the user's information every single time they visit a Google property or a site with a Google tag on it yep. and capturing first-party cookie now they are able to build the behavioral targeting for you and you can the your interaction with Google Ads as an advertiser is not going to change too much so they win now let's talk about a smaller ad network or someone that's buying ads on Google or something else uh, or trying to serve up ads on their own network they don't have visibility to third-party cookies anymore. They lost that access to that. Therefore, now when you're trying to retarget someone, it's not gonna serve up the ads to that user. Google still has access to it because now it's a first-party cookie. Let's say you have an e-commerce store. Now there's Facebook commerce, right? So they're making you, uh, or Instagram shopping, they're keeping the user on Facebook, collecting that user's buying behavior, collecting that user's browsing behavior, if their interests, their, their Facebook page likes, all that information is on Facebook's end, now they can also serve up behavioral-based targeting or even retargeting within their own network. So essentially this is what's called a, a walled garden kind of approach there. Now Google's even more of a walled garden. You're gonna have to rely more on their infrastructure and their network to run ads with them. Same with Facebook. So they're at an advantage there where some of these other programmatic type of DSPs and advertising networks are losing visibility to building those types of uh, interest-based targeting.
0: Well said, and I think there's a very important point that you brought up, which is if you see what Facebook, Instagram, Google are doing, just like Brian said, there's a lead form directly on Google search ads now. There's a lead form on LinkedIn now. There's a way you can just buy directly on Facebook and Instagram partnering with Shopify. If you look at Shopify as well, they have shop pay and shop accounts for their top customers as well and the reason why i'm bringing this up is because i want everybody to see what's happening for the people that are winning so google's gonna be fine facebook's gonna be fine Shopify's gonna be fine and you want to turn around and ask yourself why are they gonna win versus this might be bad for us or for our smaller company or a smaller advertiser The difference between Facebook's data today and tomorrow is that it's improving. The difference between maybe your data uh, or somebody watching this today and say jump forward a year from now is that it's going to be negatively impacted because you've been relying for years on third-party tracking. So if you're just a a local restaurant and you have a website up and you want to know who's coming to my website, you ask Google who that is. Oh, they'll tell you where they came from. You're not asking your own customers you're asking google if you want to find out who your customers are you can go on facebook and see what they know about your people but you don't know that about them facebook knows that about them that's not your data you're in fact paying facebook to leverage that data into your advertising campaigns this is the martech landscape of 5000 plus 5000 this is from 2019 mind you of businesses that are in the ad tracking, ad serving, SEO, customer data and everything in between. This is the ecosystem of small, medium and large businesses that have all been using cookies in the browser and mobile events in iPhones to impact their entire business. And so the reason why we're bringing this up is if you think you have a bulletproof plan because you're using. Nada for your customer experience, you need to go back to that vendor and ask if the data is going to be first party and what their plan is to transition. The transition that we're going to make here is talking about how you can get set up in a first party environment so that you can be walking and talking like these big ad networks and all these big businesses who have made data such a critical part of their operation and they own it all. So. I'll get out of the way here in a second but if we go back to the small restaurant guy who's made no effort in finding out his customers interests and their preferences and how often they come back because that's all being handled by the MarTech universe this customer is going to start to lose ground and lose their footing and lose the ability to say if you bought the burger I'm gonna send you an ad about the burger next week or an email about it Restaurants aren't the best example, but the point is, Brian, what are your thoughts on how people can get prepared for that first party transition?
1: Yeah, I think you just gave away the answer, (laughs) but essentially try to create these kind of top of funnel events on the site where you can capture an identifier, an email address, first name, last name, an address, a phone number, whatever that is, so that you start building out that customer profile data within your own database. Essentially what Lucas is saying was, Everyone's starting to create their own walled gardens. You need to have your own walled garden of your first party cookie data. And what that means is making sure that one, you have your privacy settings set up properly so you notify the person that they're gonna be opting into some of these things. But then secondly, having an initial kind of way to capture the information, whether that's a newsletter subscription, join the VIP club, anything where the user can opt into sharing their information that's gonna give you a lot of info, a lot of data that you can then leverage for your advertising.
0: What I would predict, and I'm gonna go ahead and stand alone on this one, you'll see all these other sites that used to have basically an open store, like an open storefront, turn into an opt-in type storefront. If you go to, a let's say, an alcoholic uh, site that sells alcohol, they're gonna make you confirm that you're 18 before you get every 21 before you can access the website. I would predict that you will see all types of businesses transition to make you self-identify before you walk in the door, because that's when one, you get the first party data, and two, when that person does self-identify is when you can rearrange your business to serve their needs better. Yeah,
1: in a way it's a a branding kind of strategy and joining a community kind of approach. I think if we can pull up, I think a good site to to pull this up if it still is this way, huckberry.com if we wanna shoot that on the screen, just to show what you're talking about. Here's the opt-in. You can't see this site until you sign up for it. They've probably served some discovery, sorry, awareness-based ads, shown what the brand is about. And if you think it's cool, you're gonna click that ad. You end up on this page, you can't see it. It's a secret. Only The only way to get in there is to opt-in, Yep. share your information. At that point, now they have a way to retarget you. They have a way to serve up a unique experience and a way to to have a a very targeted approach to their advertisements moving forward.
0: Yeah, this example where the first sale, the first conversion point is getting me to care enough to opt in, Right. from there you can proceed with your tried and true marketing methods and nothing, I don't wanna say nothing changes after that point, but you have the the special sauce after they've opted in, after you have a self-identifier you can really do a lot so i don't know if you had anything to add to that
1: no i think this is this site if you're not familiar with it it's an e-commerce store and so if you browse a certain category of products after this now they can serve up a very unique advertising experience afterwards to get you to come back and buy but you're basically joining a community you've bought into the brand you've told them that you're interested in these types of products that's fantastic for huckberry that's a lot of information for them in order to provide
0: uh more targeted ads that are likely to convert. I wanted to get your opinion, Brian, of maybe what some of those other next steps are. I'm looking at my notes here and I see basically starting to change some of your KPIs now, instead of looking at open and impression and view through and click through, you got to look at things a little bit different. So I know with all these changes. Now, what I would do, or if I were creating a campaign today,
1: is I would try to backtrade, look back at my existing data and try to match those with audience profiles that you can target within Facebook and Google today. So if I look back at my conversion profiles and looked at what affinity audiences were matched up with those profiles in, in, let's say Google Analytics and Google display or in, in, in Google ads, you can target those affinity audiences. So create a campaign to AB test your existing cookie based campaigns, whether it's retargeting or some kind of matching on a customer profile, and then you run these interest based campaigns next to them. See if you can get to a conversion rate and a level of opt-in from those campaigns that equates it so that when cookies, third party cookies are off, you have a campaign that is still going to perform at a level that you were running at before or even better at this point.
0: Yeah, I think it's a great point. To summarize, I think that what you wanna do is have sort of two things running in parallel. People should start walking and talking and taking these steps now because you need to be prepared. You don't wanna wake up one day and realize that you used to get a million clicks and impressions, right. and all of a sudden you can't hit that targeting or that quality of traffic has been drastically reduced, you're gonna to need to rebuild from scratch.
1: Yeah, and I think another thing to consider is your awareness campaigns for a long time, what you would look at is how many impressions did I get or how yeah. many total people saw this. It's now gotta be how many people opted in. Like You gotta start looking at sure. setting up your, I think you mentioned it earlier, like your initial awareness type of targeting needs to try to capture that information up front, And that could be, you can be clever around it. You can leverage what Google and Facebook give you with those lead form type of ads, connect it to your email sequence or yeah. your email provider, send out an email, they click that, go back to the website, you've now got a first party cookie on that user. There you go. So those are ways that you can start implementing a s- procedure to capture first-party data yeah so leverage the tools that are available within google facebook and any of these ad networks to capture an opt-in of some sort and then leverage that opt-in to then bring them back to the site capture first-party cookie data
0: even if all of your effort was based per- entirely on cookies you were even limited in the past and firefox and these guys were impacting that, so other methods exist, IP address, behavior, cross-device tracking and and different things where you can connect second-party data and infer who's who. And so I think the point that I'm trying to make here is that in the future state, you're going to want to have a software suite or a vendor or an attribution provider that can sort of span the whole spectrum of what's really available to you. Last but not least, you have this other thing that's submerged, which is called ID graphing, where it's really an interesting phenomenon. But again, you don't have your own first party data, but a company who's connected to various publishers, various advertisers can build their own first party network. And so they'll know that Brian's Brian because Brian has ID number 8171917. And if I have Brian's cell phone, I can pass it to their API and they'll pass me back the rest of the details about Brian. This is identity graphing. And if we work with those companies, then when a random Brian comes back to your site and you're subscribed to these very expensive services, they'll let you know and they'll do some programmatic stuff on the backend to make sure Brian sees the right products and the right offer. And so you can achieve, you could achieve the net effect of cookie-based tracking, if you pay a significant amount of money to leverage authenticated traffic solutions. And so we have a whole nother video on this topic, but so what you're seeing is everybody getting into walled garden mode. Everybody's gearing up for this. And the important thing for marketers and advertisers is to be prepared have the software in place that can deal with all those challenges, connect people together based on IP or unique identifiers or some proprietary methodology so that you as the marketer or a small business have the tools that you need to really compete and succeed without relying on uh, other people's third-party data which is, is gonna be worse than it was before. It's
1: self-serving right now, but Leeds RX can do this for you or with you by white labeling their pixel, having it serve as first-party cookie data, and that will capture all the user's information from any site that they came from. Sorry, when I say all user information, user information that they've opted in. So if you filled out a form or they did that subscription, the initial sign on when what yep. we saw as an example, collect that first party data from that user and then tap into existing profiles that they've collected themselves. Yep. So LeadsRx has collected 1.6 billion unique identities so yep. far. And growing we use that today to validate or basically verify that user profile so if conversion comes in email address matches with something that we've tracked before we can validate and say with 100 certainty this is the same user so there's a level of confidence per user being tracked and you can leverage that to then build your own audiences which is what you're going to need when you're trying to run advertisements moving forward
0: Think about the little pixel that Google gives you, Facebook gives you, Amazon gives you, LinkedIn gives you. Imagine how much time they spent and engineering hours they spent literally creating the technology that all of a sudden Google is going to allow you or opt in for you to get the first party data. Facebook's got it, everybody's got it because they've put in the effort technologically to be able to participate and build their own first party data. It sounds like an unfortunate ask to get the small little restaurant company to build a pixel like that, but that's what we're facing. To Brian's point, at LeadsRx, what we put together is essentially a pixel that you can white label and brand for yourself. Right. This pixel comes out of the box and will capture first-party data, third-party cookies. It gives you a confidence interval, Brian had said, to know what percentage confidence do we have that Brian's Brian and he was here last week looking at this and he was the one who clicked on this ad and converted. And so what our software is able to do is bring in the best of what still works in third party. It allows you to create by default your own first party walled garden. So every opt-in, every download that you get, every conversion from Salesforce six months down the line gets passed back in there. Those are your people. That's your data. It's not Google's data. It's not Facebook's data. And putting yourself in a position where you have your own first party data like that ahead of schedule is going to certainly make you a uh, sale smoothly right through this transition but it's going to future-proof your business notice that the companies that did this in advance are gonna be just fine Amazon's not gonna bat an eye and in fact makes it better for them and you need to take that position for yourself because it's all about trust it's all it's always been about putting the customer at the center of all your marketing activities and caring about what they see and what uh, experience they have and so creating that first party ecosystem is a, the natural evolution of that. And I think that's what we're going to see everybody go through throughout the rest of this year. Exactly. So you heard it here first folks, if you need help making the transition into a first party ecosystem and making your own walled garden, please follow the links below, sign up for a free personalized demo. Brian might be the guy to show you exactly (laughs) how to set it up for your business or your agency. So give that link a click. We'll see you on the other side. This is the Attribution Marketing channel, signing off. See you guys.